Uh, I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. And this, this sermon, this short sermon is called, The God We Come To. The God We Come To. Now, normally we would stand up and read this, but it's a long passage and all the children are here. So we're just going to stay seated and I'm going to read it together with you. I'm going to read it and you're going to listen. That's how it's going to be together. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the land, and sorry, in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has born, been born king of the Jews? For we saw a star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod, the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where Jesus was to be born, where this Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will be shepherd to my people Israel, who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star appeared. He asked them, hey guys, when did this star appear? And he sent to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you found him, bring him to me that I too may come and worship him. And after listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going down into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they, they departed to their own country by another way. This is the word of the Lord to us. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you have come to us. We don't celebrate and worship a God who is far off, who is a clockmaker or a watchmaker who's kind of created the system that is the universe and left it to do its own thing. No, God, you have come into creation and we worship you for it. We celebrate the fact that, God, you chose to take on human flesh, sending your son, Jesus Christ, to become a little baby, to be humbled to the point of, of being dependent upon a mother and father in order that you might live a perfect life that we should have lived and you might die a death that we all deserve to die in our place. And you rose again, defeating Satan's sin and death and offering eternal life to anyone who would turn away from their own ways and turn and trust in you as our Lord, our Savior, our King. Holy Spirit, would you come right now and speak to us by your word? Would you help us to see the significance of how we come to you? Would you help us to come to you as we ought to, as we come to the King of kings and Lord of lords? Amen. As we, as we talk in, about this text, I want you to think about this question. Kids, we're not answering this question out loud, so think about it. Keep your mouth closed. Here's the question. Why have you come here tonight? Why have you come? It's a rhetorical, guys. Quiet. Why have you come here tonight? Thank you. <laughs> Fool me once. The wise men came from a faraway land. It says they came from the east. 
and, and scholars think that they came hundreds of miles, maybe, maybe a thousand miles, probably from the land of Babylon, but they came from far away. They didn't just come from far away, they came from far away ethnically. They came from far away uh, uh, culturally. They were coming from a very different society, a very different group. They were watching the stars. These were not your uh, Southern Baptist Christian Bible worshipers. They were looking at the sun and moon and the stars to direct them. Astrologers. These wise men. They were coming from far away, and yet they saw significance in this star. So much significance that they came and they said, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? It's funny that you can find the gospel in the most unlikely of places. You can find the gospel and this good news in the most unlikely of places. And God is, he's famous for taking individuals you would never expect to be the one that he would use and using them. David in the Old Testament, he was the, the youngest of all the sons. He was the runt. He was out in the, the wilderness and he was to be the king. He was chosen. Jacob, rather than Esau, the second born. So many individuals for whom people thought that person couldn't be used by God. And here we see that, that even though these, these really pagan astrologers were looking at the stars, they saw something about the star and they considered and understood a significance about this person called the king of the Jews. So they go to Herod and they say, where is he who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and we've come to worship him. They came to worship him. They saw so much significance and there's not really a lot of clarity as to kind of how they keyed in on this, but they understood maybe, maybe they had read some of the Jewish literature, maybe they had read some of the, the Old Testament, but all we know is that they understood that something was happening in this area where the star was and that, that worship needed to follow. They understood the significance of Christ. Tonight, what is the significance of Christ to you? This, this story, is, is it just a story? Is this just one more thing that you do around Christmas time? Is, well, you know, as, as Pastor Jermaine says, I watch these, these terrible movies on Lifetime, and uh, we, we put up the, the nativity, or maybe we don't put up the nativity, but we definitely put up the tree, and we get all the presents, and also we go to church, and we hear about this guy, Jesus, and blah, 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 okay, where's the camel? I, can't, I heard about a camel. Where's the camel? There will be a camel. Maybe, maybe there won't. I'm just kidding. Monkeys? I don't know. Um, What's the significance of Christ to you? Because I, I want to tell you that, that he is real. He's not someone who, who was a mythical, made-up character created to, to feed the Christmas time industrial, multiplexal, capitalistic economy. And he's not a mythical person who someone came up with as a way of assuaging our fear and guilt. He's a real individual who lived a real life and claimed some real things about being the son of God, being the answer to all of our problems. The wise men came to Jesus to worship him. Now, Herod was different. If you look at verses three and following, he says, when Herod the king heard this, Herod is the bad guy, guys. So listen, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him and assembling all the chief priests and scribes, all the smart people, he got all the smart people together, guys. And he said, what's the deal here? Who is this Jesus that they're talking about? He inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they said, you know what? 
we've read the Bible, we've read in the Old Testament, and it says this, in Bethlehem of Judea, he's supposed to be born. For, for the prophet wrote this, and he said, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers. He says, Bethlehem, you're great. You know why? For, for from you shall a ruler come who will shepherd my people Israel. So he finds out from his wise people that, that this ruler, this, this individual that the, the wise men were seeking was to be born in Bethlehem. And Herod summoned the wise men and secretly, uh, and, and he said, he, he tried to find, okay, when did this star appear? What's the time frame? Is this, ba- is this a real threat to my leadership? Is this a real threat to my authority? And they, ex- they answered him, and he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go, search diligently, find this child so that I may come and worship him too. Guys, he was lying, right? He did not want to worship. And again, you know, we, we look at Herod, and, and if you've been in church for any length of time, you, you know that generally when the Bible says Herod, you're like, bad guy. You know, there were several Herods, and each time it was like, bad guy. And we joke, and we're like, I would never be a Herod. But, but again, I ask you, when you come to church today, when you've come to church tonight, and you, you hear the claim that... She, Christ has come, the Messiah, the chosen one, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Do you hear that and say, he's not my King of kings. He's not my Lord. That, that was Herod's response. He's not my Lord. I'm Lord. I'm my King. Now, you guys, you're lovely, beautiful, handsome, well-dressed individuals. None of you look like terrible dictatorial rulers who are trying to find a baby and and deal with the problem. But the problem is we are cut from the same cloth as Herod. And you and I have to reckon with the question, why have you come today? Why have you come today? The wise men came to worship. Herod was coming for false worship and to establish his own kingdom. Why have you come today? In verse 9, it goes on to tell the rest of the story. And after listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen, when it rose before them, I'm sorry, when it rose, uh, I just lost place. The star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great, great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. They saw Jesus, but they didn't just see a baby. You know, when I, I, get, I have the privilege of getting to meet little babies when they get born, and usually I'm like, oh, it's so cute, you know, tiny little baby, pooped in his diaper, here you go, you can have him back. At no point do I feel the impetus to worship the baby. I feel the impetus not to drop the baby, to keep the baby safe and protect the baby. At no point do I see that baby, that's the king. These guys, they walk into the room, they see Mary, they see Joseph, they see the Oh my goodness. And their knees give out and they worship. Why have you come today? Jesus. There we go. You're tracking with me. They offered worship. They didn't just offer worship in, in bowing the knee. It goes on and says that they opened their treasures. They came prepared. They offered gifts, gold, frankincense, myrrh. There's significance in these gifts, but I'm I'm not going to go into it for the sake of time. But they they came and they worshipped with their body 
And they worshiped with their pocketbook. And now family, some of you, I don't know you from Adam. This is not a ploy for me. You know, I'm not asking for your money. My point is, if you want to know what it is that you worship, look at your bank statement. Log on to Bank of America or Wachovia. Wachovia doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) Don't look at Wachovia. That'll just make you sad. Wells Fargo. But, But the things that you find valuable... They will follow your true treasure, your time, your energy, your income. The wise men, they opened their treasures and offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream, God kind of, he let them know, Herod's not a good guy, he's a bad guy. They didn't return to Herod, but they departed their own way. Tonight you've come and celebrated. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that you're here. Uh, I mean, I, I've worked hard, but I mean, my team, our, our church has worked tirelessly to, to prepare the way for you to have an opportunity to come to this God that we serve. We, we've done everything that we can in an effort to, to make you feel welcome and comfortable and to, to make you feel loved and appreciated so that you might be able to hear one of the most important things that you could ever hear. And so my question to you tonight is, why have you come tonight? Have you come to God? Or have you come to, you know, this guy that we celebrate or this, this tradition that we do, this lifestyle that, that's just, it's part of the American tradition. This is what we do. We, we celebrate Christmas. You know, later I'm going to go to my friend's party. We're going to just do stuff. I, I don't, parties are fine. Parties, go have a good time. Have a party. But understand that Jesus Christ is more than just a party creation factory. He is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and his existence demands a response from you. His existence demands a response from me. The wise men understood this, and when they came in his presence, they worshiped. They gave I'm not God, I'm not God, but you are in the presence of God. When, when the word of God is spoken and preached, God is there with him. When we, when we praise and pray, God is there, and you are in the presence of God. Jesus Christ is here tonight. And my question to you is, how and why have you come tonight? Let's pray. We're almost done, guys. God, I pray that you would help us to see the significance of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. In the same way that the, the, the wise men saw that there was something significant about this, this baby. I pray that every person in this room would see the significance of someone who had come, God become man, taking on human flesh. That there's something sig- significant there that demands a response that demands that we submit our lives to this individual, that demands that we say, I can't live the way I've been living. I have to live in the way that you want me to live because you are God and I am not. You are Lord and I am not. You are King and I am not. God, would you change our hearts? Would you transform our hearts? If you're in this room tonight and, and that is, that's where you are, you, you realize that, that you've been living a bit like Herod. You've been 
pursuing Christ, but really you've pushed him off because you are your own Lord and his existence is, is a threat to your own lordship of your own life. If that's you and you want to change and submit to him, would you just raise your hand? There's nothing magical in the raising of your hand, but when you do, it just gives me an opportunity to see and pray for you. Awesome. When that hand, hand's up, you can put it back down. And I just want you to pray this. Just pray, Jesus, I know that you are the son of God and I want to worship you and serve you. I want to turn away from everything that I know to be disobedience and sin. And I want to live a life of obedience toward you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.